Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about something else that's going on in this country, and uh, it has a lot to do with the politics of Canada and the leadership of this country, the official opposition, the Conservative Party of Canada removed its leader, Aaron O'Toole, over the last number of days. Candace Bergen is the interim leader. So what now and what do the Conservatives need? Lisa Raitt is the former deputy leader of the Conservative Party of Canada and cabinet minister in the Stephen Harper Conservative federal governments. Lisa, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm really good, Roy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to uh, good to talk to you. Catherine Swift, member of the Conservative Party, now president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada. Hi, Catherine, and congratulations. Oh, thank you, Roy. And hi, and hi, Lisa. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> I just ask you both to give us your sense, please, of what's happening in this country today, uh, in the wake of what started last Saturday in Ottawa. What do you what do you what what impression do you have? Lisa, let's start with you. You know what? I was out last night because we were finally allowed out to restaurants. I was out last night to my local with uh, some members of my former EDA. And it was just like you said, Roy, either they were going down to the protest today in Toronto or they were really ticked off that the protests were happening. There is no gray. And these were all the people who are in the Conservative Party together. They had very different points of view. And then we just agreed not to discuss that topic anymore and moved on. But it's interesting because people who you'd not normally think would be somebody to go to a protest, they're actually motivated to go out. And it's not about vaccine. They, they are triple vaxxed. They just want the mandates to go away. They're sick and tired of being shut down. And they think it's, a, they think it's an impediment on their freedom. And they're, they're speaking out. Sure. Catherine? Yeah, well, certainly that's what I've heard as well. I've been having many debates with my children about this, <laughs> interestingly, over the last week or so. But I, in, in the bigger picture, first of all, everybody's fed up with the pandemic. So I, I think everybody's on a, you know, sort of on a razor's edge in terms of their emotions and their reactions to events. No, Nobody's on the fence these days. <laughs> but I think, too, this is very much a reflection of the incredibly divisive leadership we have seen from the Trudeau government. I mean, they have, right from the get-go, uh, sought to divide Canadians, everything, you know, an issue was either black or it was white. And if you weren't on their side, you were a racist, misogynist, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of divisiveness, first of all, most logical, intelligent people, which I believe most of us are, uh, know that neither extreme is probably the viewpoint most people have. Most people are somewhere in the middle on a lot of these issues. But, uh, you know, stoking the divisiveness, some of it's been regional, as we know, because a lot of these truckers, not all, of course, but a lot of them did come from the West and they had lots of legitimate grievances with this government. But I think, uh, I think sadly, Trudeau is reaping what he has sowed. And, and this uh, protest, unfortunately, and it's, it's regrettable that a few nut bars have, have um, you know, gone and flown Confederate flags, but there's always a few of those in any protest, no matter what it is. Um, but I think they've tapped into a, a legitimate issue for starters, okay. which is the vaccine mandate on truckers. Why was that imposed after two year, virtually two years when everything was just fine with truckers? Yeah, I, Catherine, I, I, I have to really jump. wonder, I have this to... is my paranoid brain speaking, yeah. if, if this was another deliberate <laughs> divisive move by the Trudeau government. 
these guys have been bringing us our food, everything we need to survive for the past couple of years. Yeah. Suddenly, at the 11th hour, we need to slap a, a mandate on them when we know 90% of them are vaccinated and they're sitting by themselves in their cabs all day. So, you know, I love you dearly, but I have to. I love you dearly, but I have to stop you. Sadly, Catherine, I have to stop you. Catherine, I have to stop you just because of the clock. I have to get something in here on the Conservative Party and the changes that have taken place at the top. But uh, I'm hearing the point of view that you've expressed over and over. And yes, they were heroes. And suddenly they're zeros. And these are the truckers who drove across the border at the time there was no vaccine. And everybody respected them and appreciated what they were doing. Lisa, tell us, please, what happened inside the Conservative Party over the last week? I know it's been brewing for some time, but many Canadians are startled at how quickly Aaron O'Toole will appear to disappear. Well, that just shows you that uh, the Conservatives were very good at keeping their grievances inside the caucus room, and they weren't out talking to the press all the time. And when they moved on it, it became a surprise to folks. But really, if you were on the inside, I'm, I understand that it wasn't much of a surprise that this had been brewing since early December, that people were increasingly losing their confidence in Aaron as a leader. And as a result, they decided to take action last Monday. And once they started... Um, they just it took off from there and they got their vote right away and they had an over they had overwhelming support my understanding roy is that aaron's um aaron's support actually eroded uh as this went on that even though he tried to come out to bargain and and position the narrative it, everything it didn't work it just simply didn't work and it got worse for him yeah, it just seemed to be coming. Uh, as, as I watched what was going on, it just seemed the inevitable was, was happening, but it happened quickly during the week. As you said, it kept, was kept under wraps mm -hmm. as far as any public uh, exposure was concerned. Now, what now? Where, where, what does the Conservative Party need to do in order to position itself as a party with relevance to win the next election? It all starts at the leadership level, does it not? It does, um, but it starts with the interim leader. And what the interim leader needs to do is Candace Bergen, who, full disclosure, is a very good friend of mine. She's going to have to calm the waters, calm all the grassroots across the country, uh, make sure that fundraisers are going to have the tools that they need, that the fundraising comes back up again, and that her MPs feel like they're being heard and keep the caucus together that way. The leadership race, of course, does have the possibility of of dividing MPs, but that normally happens in a leadership race anyway, and, and people don't take offense to one another. We've been through so many leadership races in the last five years, they're used to it, and we'll see where people line up on sides. But I understood, Roy, that Pierre Polyev was going to be announcing fairly soon that he was going to seek the leadership. So I would say watch for that. Yeah, and and he, I would think, as far as many Canadians are concerned, has the, uh, as the, the persona and certainly has the... Um, uh, the response nationally to to uh, take a lead position. Uh, can you give us a bit of a scoop? Will you run? Oh no, no, I'm not running. No. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> More likely to have Catherine <laughs> okay. Swift run than have me run. <laughs> okay, we've been trying to persuade <laughs> nope, Catherine to run for a long time. <laughs> Catherine, what does the party have to do? You joined the party a while back. What does it have to do to become relevant with the Canadian voters, particularly at a time when we still don't have seventy percent of the electorate voting? 
Well, I think I think one of Aaron's challenges, and this is something that has to change going forward. And I like Aaron a great deal as a person. He's a very decent, fundamentally, you know, intelligent, competent human being. And it's regrettable, I think, that he really. First of all, we know he flip flopped on issues, so that's something not to do. But also, I don't know that he really ever carved out effectively what the party stood for. And I think. Proactivity. I saw in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of reaction on the part of conservatives. You know, they were in reactive mode far too often instead of marking out their turf and claiming it. And there's tons of it. I mean, fiscal conservatism is something that I think, frankly, the majority of Canadians are very much on side with. So I think that's one thing that the party has to, it is a natural, sort of a natural position for the party. They need to enhance that and tell people what that means good basic uh, values in terms of home ownership, home ownership for average people. Government that isn't in your face all the time and isn't taxing you so heavily, you don't have money to have a decent standard of living for yourself. You know, these are the kind of issues that are natural conservative issues that, again, I believe resonate very much with Canadians. The whole social conservative thing, park it, park it. Uh, it, it, it does not resonate with the majority of Canadians. It is a divisive thing within the party. And the thing is, though, you know, there's a lot of liberals that are social conservatives, too. And I think this is something that the, the liberals that are in that camp, they just don't talk about it. So it doesn't get to be the issue. Uh, uh, but I, I think for, for, the con for the conservative party, that social conservatism needs to take a back seat, realize okay. that they're not resonating. But there's a lot of fundamental good family uh, uh, principles such All as right. you know the, the cost of living issues and so on that are a natural a natural place to get support. Lisa, last question for you: How quickly do you think we're going to see a leadership convention? How quickly will the leadership, the new leader of the Conservative Party, be uh, be, be known to Canadians? Yeah, it's it's. Um... So here's the strategy on that. There will be whoever thinks that they're a front runner or uh, have the ability to, to win decidedly will want to have a short time for campaign and we'll want to make sure that it happens as quickly as possible, maybe wrap it up by May. But for other folks who need a little bit more time to get out there, sell memberships and, and increase their profile, they probably want the summer to go barbecue to barbecue. And because we know that at least in the summer, we seem to be able to have some freedom. And that would mean a September, um, a September uh, convention. And, and the good part about all this is that we have time, right? There's not going to be a snap election called in 2022. So we will have the time to get this done. I certainly hope we see more than, I don't want to see a coronation. I want to see a battle of policy uh, at a, and a serious conversation because if everyone's going to criticize our party as dividing, I want everyone to see that we actually talk about things and we come to conclusions and we move on. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.